A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hey, what's happening, Rush Nation? It's Murph here. I hope you are well. Um, firstly, apologies. So there was no um, wave wire show for me uh, over the last couple of days. I do apologize. I should have put something more on the socials being a bit clearer. Um, I'm currently um, traveling through Ireland. Um, I will be back uh, at some point and uh, will be back for the flagship show tomorrow. So um, just being uh busy few days with me with london then belfast and dublin and everywhere else so uh been really difficult to sit down on the mics and uh get some time in but i was keen to do something uh asap and obviously the wave wire period expired for this week um i did send some people that asked um some tips and it kind of got me thinking into wanting to do a show i think we're at a really good point of the season now to think about strategy going forward There's a lot of uh, fantasy managers getting in touch that are struggling um with teams they're not really all firing on all cylinders um and it's not a time to panic but it's a time for action and it ties in nicely with the waiver wire this week um i feel the waiver wire for me personally this week feels a bit of a trap um i feel like players like demicardo um, are potentially sort of real trap plays that would get you into a bit of difficulty uh, this this season uh, if you overbid on them. And I just want to exercise some caution on waiver wire pickups. Um, you know, we're very clear with the strategy here. When I'm looking at players to pick up on the waiver wire, I'm looking at players that are going to improve my team in the short, the medium, and the long term. And I'm looking at players that might not improve my team at all, but have that profile to succeed. And there's a clear pathway to success 
that I want to invest in on and would mean being ahead of the game. And I talked about Jerome Ford at length being one of those players. Stocks talked about Puka Nakua. Um, I talked about Tutu Atwell potentially being a good a good fantasy ad that is only looking better now that Van Jefferson has been traded. And I talked about even just two weeks ago, running backs to add. And I talked about Rico Dowdle and I talked about um, a number of running backs and why I prioritize adding those running backs if a situation was to change. And you, you noticed Ingram and Demarcado weren't on that list because that offense isn't particularly bad i mean it's better than expected like i'm not sitting here and i'm not downing the um i'm not downing the charges they've moved the ball really well they've rushed the ball really well they've scored points that offense is decent but their usage you know we're talking about james connor hasn't been a particularly great fantasy a- uh, asset and he is the clear number one with a clear path to a a, a good amount of touches and the cardinals tip their hand so you've got Di Mercado because Ingram is slightly banged up and then what did they do they picked up Tony Jones and that tips the hand of where they think the strengths of these backs are that they've bought in Tony Jones and I see Tony Jones being a goal line vulture maybe a a short distance back maybe could even get some first down work I still think Ingram is the guy out of the three I'd want to own I think Di Mercado for a one week play is not bad. And if you've picked up those sorts of players for one week play, that's fine as long as you haven't overspent. And the percentage of your fab budget is really key. Now, if you're in the league, it's not fab and you picked up the Mercado, then, I'm, you know, fine. You know, you've done what you do. It works. It doesn't work. It doesn't cost you that much. But if you went 50% of fab on Demarcado this week, you're going to struggle to get the value back on that. And the impact that will have on the rest of your season is going to be really dangerous. Other players similar to that, KJ Osborne looks like a really good short-term option to get you through some bye weeks, especially maybe bye week seven, which is quite a big bye week. I I like the short-term play on KJ Osborne. I didn't mind throwing 5%, 10% fab on a player like KJ Osborne. Or if you're in a deeper league, these players like Demarcado, like Osborne, are worth throwing more fab at because there aren't that many players left on the waiver wire. So it makes sense. But if you're in a standard league with five or six bench spots, these are guys that are going to turn over on your roster. You're not going to own Demarcado in four weeks, five weeks' time. It's just not going to... He's not going to be on your roster. So for you to sacrifice half of your fab budget for him just seemed a bit crazy. And I've seen some numbers this morning where the numbers were were wild. And I was like, okay. So it kind of made me want to go on and say, this week was a trap week for, for waivers. And so I would, I I go back to what I said a couple of weeks ago, and this goes back to um, your bench and your roster management. It's very difficult right now with bye weeks and bye weeks are coming thick and fast. And in terms of those bye weeks, you have to sit here and plan a little bit ahead But it's also about just making sure that you've got relevant cover to a degree, but then also you're not sacrificing uh, your long-term projects. And this week's not a bad bye week. You know, you've got the Packers and and the Steelers. Now, I hope you don't have too many Steelers on your roster. You might have an Najee Harris 
Um, Deontay Johnson to be on IR, and if you've got an IR spot, he's not hurting you right now. So that's great. I can't, uh, you know, George Pickens. So they're kind of the three, maybe Jalen Warren, are kind of the only players you're going to have. You know, I'd like to think most most leagues aren't rostering Kenny Pickett unless it's a super flex, and then that's fine. You should have Kenny Pickett shouldn't be in your lineup, I'd like to think. And if he is, then I hope to think you've got somebody else that you can bring it. So I don't imagine that the Steelers' bye week is a huge one that's going to make you suffer. The Packers a little bit more so. Ronald, jo- uh, sorry, Aaron Jones, uh, Jordan Love, if you've been playing him the last couple of weeks, you know, will cause a few problems. Maybe Romeo Dobbs, uh, Jane Reed, and Christian uh, Watson. You know, there could be a little bit of a... But you hopefully haven't invested... I don't see any of these players other than Aaron Jones and Najee Harris being early picks in draft. So I'd like to think that you've got plenty of cover for them and you should be okay. So it's not a bad bye week to, and this is where I felt that this waiver run was a bit of a trap because I was looking at it thinking, I don't want to add these, these guys, KJ Osborne in a few places maybe, but I didn't want to go crazy over what I had on my bench and what I would have to give up for these players. Because I don't feel anyone this week that was a heavy target was one worth really investing in in your long-term vision. I think maybe if you're a one-win team, you might have to abandon the long-term play and think about week to week. And maybe you might have had to have spent more on Devocado. But two wins onwards, I don't think you really need to. I think you need to think about the next couple of weeks, especially week seven. You know, six teams on by the Panthers, the Bengals, the Cowboys, the Texans, the Jets and the Titans. Okay, the Jets aren't going to affect you too much. Probably not even the Titans, barring Derrick Henry and Luke Hopkins. But the rest of them have all got some assets that need to be need to be covered to a certain degree. And you need to start thinking ahead a little bit about roster management. And I talked about a couple of weeks ago having, as I've said, those running backs um, and stocking your team of running backs because running backs are dropping. They're dropping like flies. We lost Devin Achan this week. So Devon Achan this week. We lost James Conner this week. You know, he's going to IR. You know, we've lost a few. We also lost Justin Jefferson this week. And, you know, injuries are coming. And it's about succeeding and finding opportunities to players that aren't very well owned, that have a pathway to a big role. And that's where Jerome Ford was really attractive. That's where someone like Nico Dowdle, to me, is really attractive. Because if Tony Pollard gets injured, Rico Dowdle for me is going to have a long, um, a long path uh, to to fantasy relevance, and they're the guys that I want to be playing on. And I'm thinking about the long term plays. And I've been asked some questions about certain players, and I've looked at certain rosters this week of people have asked me to look at them, and I'm seeing a lot of Dalvin Cook. I'm seeing a lot of Ezekiel Elliott. I'm seeing a lot of these legacy names on rosters um, that people have. And I'm sitting there thinking, why? Why have you got Dalvin Cook? Why have you got uh, Ezekiel? First of all, Ezekiel, you can comfortably drop. Ezekiel, even if he resu- even if Ramadre Stevenson gets injured, that Patriots offense is so bad, it is not worth owning Ezekiel Elliott. He is not going to give you a great fantasy volume. He's just not really going to happen. I don't see a pathway to him being better than a low-end RB2. And the same goes for Dalvin Cook. If, if for example, we've kind of already seen it. If Brees Hall goes down, 
Cook will be the lead in a committee, in a poor offense, a really poor offense. There's no upside. There is no upside to Cook. There is no upside to Elliott. The upside in players like Chuba Hubbard, uh, in um, Enrico Dowdle, for example, are much, much higher. So now we're at this just over quarter of a way through the season, the regular season of um, the NFL season, but even further into the fantasy football season. Let's start thinking about these offenses and thinking about pieces that are on the waiver wire that or, and pieces that you can pick up that you want to own. And really, you want to be you want to be getting pieces of offenses that are good. That's ultimately it. With a pathway to them being great. So for me right now, Jeff Wilson is a guy I want to add everywhere I can. Devon A. Chan's out for a few weeks. And because he's a rookie and because he's not a well-established talent on that roster, yes, he's had three great weeks. He's had three great weeks. I said last week I would be trading him, and I didn't foresee an injury coming. I'm not Nostradamus. But his ceiling was never going to be better than it was at that point. On Thursday, that was where his point, his ceiling was his absolute peak. And now it's gone. That ceiling is gone. He's injured. He's out for a few weeks. Jeff Wilson's coming back. And when Jeff Wilson comes back, it's him. It's most Sturt. Most Sturt, for, for a start, looks like a lock. But then I think Jeff Wilson's going to come in and force his way in. It's going to hurt A-Chan in the long term uh, and the medium term for me. So I think I look at that piece and think, I, I really want pieces of Jeff Wilson. Because if something happens to most Sturt, this week on Sunday and Jeff Wilson's fit and we don't know if either of those things are going to happen, but there's a clear path over the next one to two weeks that if something happens to most dirt, Jeff Wilson becomes the most added running back in fantasy football because they're a great offense. They're the number one offense in football right now, the Miami Dolphins. You know, they've racked up nearly a thousand rushing yards this season in five games. They're racking up a hundred and nearly 186 yards per game on the ground. I want, as much of that as I can. Jeff Wilson looks like a really cheap, easy way to buy into it. If he is on your waiver wire, I'd be going to add him right now as a free agent. I'd just add him and stash him. If you've got the space to do it, that is what I would be looking to do. I'm looking at other offenses of pieces um, that I'd want to be getting pieces off. I'd be looking to get pieces of, um, of Mitchell and then potentially Mason of that 49ers backfield. Because we know what has happened with Christian McCaffrey in the past. Yes, he looks unstoppable right now. But if he gets injured, I want the next guy up. And I want a big piece of that offense. Jordan Mason looks the cheapest way of getting a piece of that offense if something was to happen. But at the same token, if Elijah Mitchell's free, he looks like he's the next guy up. I'd be looking to get pieces of that offense where possible uh, onto my bench if I had the room to do it. Uh, Latavius Murray for the Buffalo Bills. We're already seeing that the Buffalo Bills have a preference to him in the goal line area. If something happened to James Cook, it's Latavius Murray, not Damian Harris, that's going to get that majority of work. And he's someone that we've already got the goal line work and he's already got quite a good amount of usage that we'll just see an uptick in usage. So he's someone that I'm not necessarily desperate to have, but he's a player I'm keeping an eye on. And if I had the room, he's someone I would be looking to add, given how good that Bills offense is. Um, and players that you can drop, you know, players that haven't got that fantasy relevance for you. I've already mentioned Cook. I've already mentioned um, Ezekiel Elliott. Jamar Kibbs, 
could be one that you could drop. He's a player that might grow more and more, but I don't see the path to him getting huge fantasy weeks, huge value. And at the moment, you can't risk putting him in a lineup. He doesn't have that kind of sustainable value where you can put him in and trust him in a lineup. And so if you've got a player on your bench where you don't see a clear path to them succeeding, and we've had Montgomery out, by the way, and Gibbs didn't do anything. I'm failing to see the attraction. I'm talking redraft. In in Dynasty, Gibbs is a hold. But in redraft, unless you can trade him, if you can trade Jamar Gibbs and you can you can get somebody to pony up something for him, he's a droppable asset for me because I'm not seeing where that ceiling is. I'm not seeing where he's going to be a sustainable RB2 every week. And if I can't see that, I don't see... And even if there was an injury, I still don't see where that ceiling comes. And that's the difference. These are roster clocks. If you've got a player on your bench you've had that you haven't put in your lineup, you have to ask yourself why. Now, if you're holding Rico Daddle, there's a clear reason why. He doesn't have a pathway to success right now. But if something happened to Tony Pollard next week, yes, okay, the buy's in week seven. But if something was to happen to Tony Pollard and he was out for a sustainable amount of time, Rico Daddle's going to get all the work. And I want that. There's a clear pathway to success that Rico Daddle is going to be an RB2 or better if Tony Pollard gets injured. I can't say that about Ezekiel Elliott. I can't say that about Jabbar Gibbs. And I can't say that about Dalvin Cook. Now, if you disagree with me, then fine, hold those players. But if you don't disagree with me, those players have to go. They have to go off your roster. They are roster clocks. And if you have them and you're holding them for name recognition only, you're going to struggle. That's the bottom line. You're going to struggle. And the mistakes that people have when they're losing in fantasy football is they hold on to players because they drafted them and they're holding on to them for sentimental reasons. Either which, draft value is dead from the moment the draft ends. It's dead. It doesn't matter. If a player is in, if you drafted a player in the first round who isn't delivering you value and isn't playing, now, okay, that isn't the case this year. But if there was, I'm trying to think back to, I'm trying to think back to an example. It might be David Johnson who went at the 101, got injured, and we had this long standing, is he fit? Is he not fit? And we had this long, and he ended up not playing. It was probably the last time I can think of that. But, if you have a player that you draft in the first couple, first couple of rounds and they're not delivering for you, then you either have to trade them or you have to you have to cut them, and you have to find a market for them. Their value changes from the moment the draft ends, because there's a new reality. You know, David Montgomery all of a sudden becomes a, a top. You know, goes in the top three rounds this year. He was going very very late this year. Um, the same can be said for Brian Robinson. Is a player who'd be going much earlier in drafts now than he was where he was going because people didn't think he was the starter. That's where fantasy players make a huge, huge error, just holding on based on draft value. Oh, well, I drafted him in the third round. I can't drop him. He's not delivering. You drop him. It's very simple. If you can't see a pathway to him making your team, you have to drop him. It's a really, really, really easy concept. Just get your head around it. We know who the good offenses are in the NFL. Um, another player you could potentially target is Ronnie Rivers. Now, Ronnie Rivers is a difficult player to hold because he has absolutely no value unless Kyron Williams gets injured. But if Kyron Williams gets injured, Ronnie Rivers is the next guy up. And we've seen that they're running pretty much a 100% running back role. 
in LA. And that's what Kyron Williams has. Therefore, he's going to be the next guy up. There's a pathway to holding him. But it depends how big your bench is and your appetite for that. As I said, as the bye weeks go, players are going to be much harder to hold. So I'm giving you some names here, but some of these names might be owned. Uh, Eliza Mitchell's probably one of the big ones where he's owned a lot more than perhaps he should be. And he's a player that is likely to get dropped over the next few weeks because of the fact that people can't justify holding Eliza Mitchell unless because of the fact that he's not playing, he's not got any standalone fantasy value. Rico Daddle's another one that you can start seeing people drop because they're going to need those spaces for buys. Look ahead to your buys, and it's so much easier, this is a good strategy tip for you, to pick up players the week before the buy happens. So if you know your buy week seven is coming, look at who you can try and pick up for week seven buys because you have a much smaller market to pull from. Um, and what I mean by that is if you've got you've got six teams on buy in week seven, if multiple fantasy owners are targeting week seven buy cover, your market and therefore for you fab or, or even your regular standard um, claims um, league in just in terms of last place gets first pick, et cetera, in, on the waivers, it becomes much harder to get players if there's more player if there's more fantasy managers that are interested in them. Whereas if you're looking a week ahead, there aren't many fantasy managers that are doing that. So if you were looking at your um, potential waiver wire cover now, if they're free on your waiver wire, you can add them for free now and then have them on your bench. Look one week ahead. That's a really good way uh, of staying ahead of the game. There are no buys in, in week eight, which is really good to know. So that's a good point to get into. And then by week nine, we've got four great off, well, three great offenses in the Lions, the Jags, and the 49ers. And then you've also got the Broncos. So um, it's a good time to look at bye weeks and think about who we can pick up uh, and manage. So um, to get ahead of it, look at players now that might cover your uh, week seven, week six, uh, week seven buys uh, and start adding them, especially wide receiver position potentially the running back position as well if they're free. But I doubt there are many running backs that are going to help you out right now until situational changes occur. Um, other running backs that are clogs, Cam Akers, he can go off your rosters. Zach Moss is a hold right now, but I imagine he's someone that will fade into the sunset uh, pretty soon. The Bears situation is really interesting. I still think Roshan Johnson is the long-term play. It looks like Foreman is going to be the short-term play uh, based on Herbert's injury. That's going to be a bizarre one. I think what this might mean, it could be the end of Herbert's, I don't want to say dominance because it hasn't been dominant, but lead uh, engine is sort of the lead back. I think his role, that role sunsets now. Um, I And, you know, you got to remember Foreman, they valued him enough to keep him, but they haven't valued him enough to even have him on the active uh, game day rosters. So it says to me that he will have a role. What the ideal situation would be Ro- Roshan Johnson's fit this week and Roshan Johnson takes over that role. That would be the ideal, but it could be that Foreman could come in and complicate that for a little bit. But I think if you're the Herbert owner, you have to start thinking that your days could be numbered. They might not be, but it's just one to, to keep an eye on. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Um, and then the Denver situation. I mean, Javonta Williams has not had a good season at all. Uh, Jaleel McLaughlin looks like the better back. Samaj P. Ryan, you can cut. He's another roster clock now. If you have Samaj P. Ryan... On any of your rosters, he can he can go. Uh, clearly, not getting the opportunity is not getting the point. So he's another potential roster clock for you. Zach Charbonnet's pretty close to that line of being a roster clock. There is a clear pathway to him having a lot of success, i.e., Kenneth Walker going, and that's probably what keeps him attractive for a little bit longer. But we're at this point now where we're pretty close to him being a roster clock. So one to keep an eye on. But also, if he's dropped, that could be an opportunity because if Kenneth Walker goes down. That's a huge role for Zach Charbonnet to pick up. Uh, having said that, some uh, other roster clogs, uh, uh, Quinton Johnston of the Chargers and JSN of the Seahawks, they are roster clogs. In a redraft format, they probably are best going back out into the pool or trying to trade them for people who who see more value in them than, than you do, and more importantly, I do. Um, so if you can get something for JSN, great, or or Johnston, great. If not, they're probably cuttable. Um, in Dynasty, obviously, good holds to have. Um, offenses, I don't really want any more exposure to than the absolute minimum. Um, so I don't want any exposure to Kareem Hunt. I don't think he's worth having at any point. I don't want the backup running back to Rashad White in Tampa. Um, the Buccaneers, I think, have the lowest, I think other than the Bengals, no, they have the lowest amount of rushing yards in the league. Now, they play the game less than most teams, but they're pretty close with the Bengals. So um, I don't really want part of that. I don't think that's a, a role I, I want to really inherit. Um, so... Rashad White I still think will be fine because he's in the receiving game, but I don't want Keyshawn Vaughan, Sean Tucker. You know, they, they're not worth owning at all. Um, and I don't really want, unless I'm in a super deep league, I'll take Palmer, but really it's just Evans, Godwin, um, and White. That's really all you want to own in that offense. The Panthers as well. You know, I, I, Thielen is a solid ad. It, it's a solid gain to keep, uh, or solid hold, I should say. Uh, DJ Chark is going to have up and down weeks maybe, but I'm not really interested in anyone else in that offense. But I would be interested, uh, given that they do run the ball, Hubbard, if um, Miles Sanders goes down. Tajay Spears is a good ad. He's getting more and more work in that offense in Tennessee. He could be a really useful ad. And again, is a player that come by weeks. Tennessee's bye week is coming up soon. 
that they might drop Tajay Spears. He would be a player I'd be looking to add, again, in case something happens to Henry. Henry is 30, 31 years old. He's sort of over that age now where um, he's still doing very heavy things, don't get me wrong, but you know, at the same point, they are trying to get Tajay Spears more involved. And I think if something happened to Henry, he'd be in for a massive role. Um, I'm not interested in any of the New Orleans backs that aren't named Calvin Kamara, and I'm not really interested in any of the wide receivers not named Chris Olave and Thomas is a floor play. Um, that offense is pretty poor. There's, I mean, Shahid might get the odd uh, breakaway, but there's not much having there. Uh, the Patriots, I don't want anyone in the Patriots' offense at all. Kendrick Bourne may be at an absolute push, but I don't want anyone on that team. That offense is putrid. It's bad. Um, if you've got Ramadre Stevenson, of course you're going to hold him. But again, I think you have to temper expectations of where he's going to be. And this talk that they might bring Zeke Elliott in to do something, I mean, that would just be irritating. And it's certainly not a reason to add Derek, uh, Derek Henry, Zeke Elliott at any point. Um, and then the offenses just get really bad from here. You know, the Jets, that offense is pretty poor. I don't want anyone except Garrett Wilson. Don't even really want Garrett Wilson, but you can't, you're kind of stuck with him now. Packers offense uh, was overly efficient, not anywhere near as good now. Um, but if you've got the pieces, you kind of have to stay out. If you've got AJ Dillon, he's droppable. He's clearly not got a great role in front of him. And I think even with Jones, if Jones goes down, I still don't think it's a great uh, role for uh, for Dillon. I think he's one that you can cut uh, and let somebody else inherit that problem. Um, the Vegas Raiders, I think unless you've got Myers, Jacobs or, or um, Adams, the rest can go. Uh, there's not any value in owning the backups there. Um, I don't think there's any value to that team. They're offensively really poor, only 357 rushing yards this season. So there isn't just, there's just not the volume there. Steelers is a messy situation. I even think, you know, I talked a couple of weeks ago, you could add Jalen Warren because he might overtake Najee Harris. I actually don't even think it matters anymore. I think both of them are pretty bad. And then that offense is just incredibly poor. Um, you know, maybe it changes a little bit with Deontay Johnson, but. Yeah, there's, if you've got Alan Robinson, Calvin Austin, they could, excuse me, they can come off the roster. They're not offering anything to you whatsoever. The Bengals have been really bad this season. The second worst offense in football uh, as it stands right now, but their difference is they have playmakers. It will change. It will get better for the Bengals, but does it happen too late? So Tyler Boyd, for me, looks like a worthy ad. He's a player I would... Uh, be scooping up in PPR leagues because I think there's some value to him, but I wouldn't be owning the backup to to Mixon at the moment. Um, I'd be sitting there just letting things play out. The Giants situation is just bizarre. Uh, yeah, we're waiting for Barkley to come back and they'll be better with Barkley. But really, outside of Barkley, Wondell Robinson's probably the only player in a PPR floor play, might be the only one to get you through some bye weeks. I'm not interested in Hyatt. I'm not interested in Slayton. I'm not interested in any of those players. They're not doing it. They have, they've had all this opportunity, all this time to do something and haven't. They're the worst team in football offensively, the Giants. So don't own pieces of them. They're not worth chasing. If you've got Matt Breeder, you're, I mean, Matt Breeder hasn't really taken advantage of the situation with Barkley out. Part of that is usage, which tells you everything you need to know. And part of that is just the fact that that offense is bad. It doesn't move well. Um, it's not got, unless it's got a generational player, it's not going to do well. And that is where we are with the Giants. And so Matt Breeder isn't that. Matt Breeder is not going to get many opportunities. So I would be looking to get out of that business once we know that Barkley is back. Um, and I think 
you just have to be ruthless now. My tip for you this week would be to look at your roster and, and look at each player on your bench and say, I would play him if, and if you can't find a reason, a solid reason, that player has to go and you have to refresh your roster and over the next couple of weeks, be really smart with your, with your waiver claims. And again, look at opportunities, look at players that you can claim that aren't very well owned right now, because they're the ones you're going to want to really maximize those sleeper picks with high potential value. And there, there lies what we're trying to achieve here. So, you know, forget about the players that are, are name recognized only and start thinking about players who are going to see success. So like Di Mercado for me was just like an absolute flag. And, and the same goes for Williams. I'm not looking at Jameson Williams and thinking I want a piece of him because he hasn't done anything in the NFL. He hasn't done anything like, yes, he's a first round talent and there's a pathway to him maybe doing all right. Josh Reynolds has done pretty well. Um, I like adding Zay Jones. I'm going to give you some names now, some players who I would start targeting and their percentages owned, right? So Zay Jones, 35% owned. I like Zay Jones. I think he gets back ahead of Calvin, um, of Christian Kirk. Way to be seen, but I think he probably gets ahead of him. Uh, he's a player I'd look to add. I'd look to add Kenneth Gamewell, 33.2% owned. We know that if something was to happen there to DeAndre Swift, Gamewell would be the immediate beneficiary to that. And he holds standalone flex value. So I'd be looking to have him. Tajay Spears, 32.7% owned. Yes, there's a bye week coming up. Yes, you're going to have to cover that. But again, I think it's a cheap ad. I'd be looking to add him. Um, I'm just looking through. Josh Reynolds, 26.5% owned. Now, Josh Reynolds at 26.5% owned, I think, has much better ceiling options than Jamison Williams. I think he has much better ceiling options. He's in the offense. He's already doing things. He's already the wide receiver 28 on the season. Jamison Williams, the wide receiver 151. I think Josh Reynolds has proven that he holds that role. So I would keep him. I would keep him um, or I would be picking him up if he's free. Uh, Logan Thomas has had a couple of good games. He has a pathway to being a a decent mid-tight end one. I'd be looking to add him if I had uh, periods to go in there and, and add him because I think he is a player who is on the ascendancy. I would certainly be looking to pick him up if I needed a tight end or tight end cover over the next few weeks. Um, I think you can cut Robert Woods. Robert Woods' ownership is hovering around about 21%. I think you can cut that. Um, it's clearly he's not getting the ball as opposed to Tank Dell and Nico Collins. So I think he is uh, in that cuttable range. I'd keep an eye on people that drop Jaden Reed. 22.4% owned. People might have cut him this week because he's on by and he's not done loads. He's the wide receiver 46, but they are force feeding him targets. Yes, the last outing wasn't particularly good. And yes, this offense isn't particularly good. But however, I think there is a pathway to him being a reasonable wide receiver return. I'm not too excited on him. I'm not going absolutely nuts, but I think in a, a league where you're desperate at the wide receiver position, he could be a really interesting ad. I would probably focus more on Josh Downs. He's 19.7% owned currently and a player you could probably pick up for free. Given that Gardner Minshew is in the lineup and they're going to throw a lot more for what potentially be the next four games, then give me Josh Downs. I think he's going to see a lot more targets. We saw it when Minshew came into the game at the weekend. His usage went uh, through the roof. So he's a player I would certainly be interested in. Uh, in, in adding uh, going forward. 
talked about Juba Hubbard. He's available in over 80% of leagues, 17.8% owned. He's a player I would be looking to potentially add on. I think he had decent RB2 value if Miles Sanders goes down. Um, I'm just looking through names here. I'm trying to give you names of players who I think are worth uh, are worth picking up and, and holding on to or adding. Tank Bixby is an interesting one, 10.8% owned in his own right, doesn't really have a role. But again, if something happened to Travis Etienne, I'd want to be buying a cheap piece of that uh, offense. If you've got room to stash an RB, I would still have Dowdle first. I'd still have a few other running backs. But uh, Tank Bixby's one I'd definitely be keeping uh, an eye on. You need a short-term play this week. Dante Foreman is it, 10.3% owned. Dante Foreman will probably be the lead back this week, given how banged up everyone else is. But I do, I still expect there to be Roshan Johnson that, that takes over that. We're just kind of waiting for that um, to happen in that offense, but we'll see what happens. Um, I'm just looking to see if there's anyone People talk to me about Van Jefferson. Do I add Van Jefferson? Absolutely not. I don't want to add any pieces of the Falcons uh, if I can avoid it. Um, just get out of the Falcons business altogether if you if you can. Um, I'm just seeing if there's anyone else worth adding. Uh, See, here's the thing. The crazy thing is, if something happened to Montgomery, then Craig Reynolds would be the guy, but I wouldn't really be looking to overly activate him. He had not a bad week this week. Uh, I'm just seeing if there's anyone else that screams out. I talked about Jordan Mason. He had a good week this week. Um, He's 0.8% owned, so he should be available in all leagues. He's a player that I can see a high ceiling if something was to happen to Christian McCaffrey. So he's a player I'd definitely be looking to get in on. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. I'm just looking now. I think that is probably about it for sort of the deep sleepers. I'm just seeing if there is anyone else that I might have missed. I don't think so. Um, I think I've covered off all the names here that I want to. I want to go at. I think there the, there's some good names to to look at with some good opportunity um, for you uh, and players that are potentially going to add something to your uh, fantasy lineup. So you know, keep an eye on those. Uh, QB situation, don't roster a backup QB. Just get one in for your bye week and then drop them um, because the QB floor is okay and the QB ceiling is limited. So, yeah, don't you don't need to be holding. So let's talk about bench management and I'll, I'll wrap it up here because I've already gone longer than I thought I would. Um, so if, I'm a, if I have a bench, let's say five or six, uh, I wouldn't be having a backup uh, QB unless my QB was on bye. Um, I would have backup tight end again, similar reason, unless my tight end was on by um, and I wanted to hold my tight end. Um, and then I'd be stocked with running backs, maybe one ride receiver. Uh, just having a look at, or maybe again, if I've got six spots, ideally my ideal roster construction for my bench would be four running backs and two wide receivers because the ceiling to the running back is so much better. So if I can get myself a couple of those really big ads or I've got a deeper squad of running backs because of those injuries and I've got some cool guys I already want to own. Yeah, the 4-2 on a six-man bench is kind of where I am with a ratio. And then if I need to cut a guy for a quarterback for a tight end, then I will do that. 
but it might likely be if I had to do both in the same week, I'd most likely cut a wide receiver running back. If not, it might just be one running back and then see if I can add them back at a later date. That's what I'm looking to do from a strategy perspective. I'm looking for maximum opportunity from the best offenses that I can buy in on really cheap. So I'm buying in on the play. I don't, I don't want all these players are just listed. I didn't list Patriot players, didn't list Jets players. I didn't list Steeler players. There's a reason I don't want in on those offenses. I don't want in on the Bucks offense. I don't want in on offenses that aren't producing high levels of volume. I want to buy in on players that I can get in at now at a good price. Tutu Atwell might be a player. It is still free in your leagues. He's a player I want to get in on. The ceiling's so much dented with Cooper Cutback. But having said that, he has got the unique skill set of the three. He's the one I can see elevating into that Robert Woods role of a few years ago to be the complementary um, away from Nakua and um, Cup because I, they're very similar stylistic players. So roster construction, have as many running backs as you can, but don't be exclusively running backs. You need wide receivers. I've listed some wide receivers here. Get a notepad and pen out. Rewind this podcast. Listen to some players I've talked about. But look at opportunities where you can buy in. And when it comes to trading, try and trade some of those roster clocks if you can. If you feel like there's enough standalone value that someone will take one off you. If someone can take a um, an Ezekiel Elliott off you, if they're a Patriots fan or a Cowboys fan, or if someone can take a, uh, a Dalvin Cook off you for name value alone. You know, see what you get for them. Don't expect the moon, but see what you can get for them because it's well worth trying to explore that situation. If you've got a play, if you've got a team that let's say you need wins now and you've lost Justin Jefferson, trade him. See what you can get for him. Yes, the ceiling isn't going to be as high, but if you if you can't afford to wait for Justin Jefferson to get back, then you know you need to trade him. And you need to get replaceable pieces in now that are going to give you wins. If you're, I'm talking about if you've got one win, zero wins, maybe even two wins. If you've got more than that, you're okay. I think two wins, you're still okay. But you're at that precipice now of if you go two and six, you're not going anywhere. So you need to think about course correction. If you've lost a player, you might need to trade them, then trade them. You might get less than their overall value. But ultimately, if you can get a replacement value in now that's going to steer you towards victory because they're better than what you've currently got, that's still a win. That's still picking up points now, and it will even out the trade. So in that scenario, say Justin Jefferson for Mike Evans, for example. If you can get Mike Evans for Justin Jefferson, I would do that trade. Mike Evans is going to give you replaceable points now. He's had his bye week. That's the other key thing. He's had his bye week. So trading with players that have already had bye weeks, you're buying extra games. So if you're looking to get Amari Cooper, if you're looking to get Mike Evans, you know, they're good players to go and target. DK Metcalf, uh, the you know, you're not going to get Keenan Allen, but let's say you did. You know, those players have had their bye weeks, so you're buying an extra week. There is value in that. So even though the, the like Justin Jefferson for Mike Evans doesn't look like an even trade, if you're trading away Jefferson, the fact is Justin Jefferson is out and he's got a bye week to come in week 13. That might be a game that you might need to get into the playoffs. It's important strategy play. So I'm okay doing that deal now if I think ever if I think Jefferson's missing two, three, four weeks, I'm okay with that because you tack the bye week onto that. It's three, four, five weeks. And I've got a player in Mike Evans now who's there. 
So that's my strategy advice. If you need wins now and you need to manufacture wins and you've got a high-profile player who is out for the next few weeks, trading them now, get something in return that's better than what you've already got, and then stockpile players who have an ascendancy to good positions on good offenses. Jeff Wilson Jr., Rico Dowdle, etc. And I've said the names. I keep going through them. That's going to do it. I hope this made sense. I hope it's something that's been useful to all of you. Please do get in touch with me. I'm happy to talk through scenarios with you. I apologize immensely for missing the waiver wire. I do hope that this podcast is a suitable enough apology for missing the waiver wire podcast this week. I hope it won't happen again uh, this season. Uh, actually, I am going to take some leave. I will make sure there's appropriate cover for that. This was a bit more last minute. Um, but hope you're all well. I'm looking forward to talking with stocks tomorrow night. We'll get into more of this strategy stuff. It's really key to be different and to think differently of ways to get out of situations. And that's what we're proposing. And that's what we're hoping to do with you all. So enjoy the show. Hope this was useful. Get in touch with me at Murph underscore NFL. Um, I look forward to talking with you all tomorrow. Join in tomorrow. It'll be live. Join in on the Facebook, on on YouTube. Um, on Twitter, we don't see the live questions. So uh, join on YouTube, join on Facebook, and then post us questions. I will take as many questions tomorrow night as I can from you all. So if you listen to this, it's thought-provoking. You're thinking, oh, how do I um, structure my my bench? You know, let's, let's try and do it on air. Uh, get in touch. Let's go through it. And you'll have Stocks' mind as well. He's a pretty good and sharp fantasy mind. Two heads are definitely better than one. And you might get contrarian answers, but that should lead you to the right opinion just through the discussion alone. All right. Catch you all on the flip side. Thank you very much. And don't forget, as always, keep rushing. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.